It's a pity. It's a great pity. This entire liturgy was going perfect, without a flaw, until the one candle that refused to be lit. I think we should start all over again. <laughs> what do you think? We have an intermission for potty bricks. Now, I was speaking with one of our catechumens uh, just today, and they said something that is so beautiful, so profoundly human, that I really think that it touches on the very essence of what we are celebrating on this Easter vigil and what you, catechumens and catechists, are about to enter into. They said, I don't think that I should go through with this. That's why. This person said, because I'm not ready. Because I'm not worthy. Because I'm still a sinner. I don't deserve it. And to that I said, you are absolutely right. You are pathetic. (laughs) And you don't deserve it. And that's why that person isn't here tonight. I think I missed my vocation as a life coach, actually. (laughs) No, that, that touches the very core of what we are celebrating Easter. Because God's grace does not come to us and did not come to us because we were worthy of it. Because we were ready for it. Because we had proved ourselves time and time again. In fact, every one of those Old Testament readings shows us one thing. It was a cycle of striving and falling and striving and falling and God offering himself again and again and again in one covenant after another that we always fell short upon. Until the time when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take flesh, to live our life, suffer our death and rise for us. That's the essence of Easter. And that's the essence of the joy that is ours this night for those who would embrace it. Because it's not built upon us. It's not built upon what we've accomplished. Therefore, we cannot lose it by His power. By this was the love of God revealed that while we were still in our sins, He sent His Son to die for us while we were still in our sins. That's the proclamation of our faith. That's the bedrock of our relationship with God. You are not earning what you are going to receive today. You did not earn grace. It is God's free gift. And the only thing that he asks of us is to say yes. That's why the Blessed Virgin Mary is the epitome and the perfection of all creation. That's why we honor her as Catholics. The only thing she ever did was say yes and live in that yes throughout her life. And after you are baptized, after you receive the sacraments, the way that you remain perfect in your faith is not by never sinning again but by never giving up and coming back to Christ again and again and again in the sacraments, especially confession, saying, I am a sinner, I am unworthy, and I need you to find me in this place of darkness. Then I will give you absolution and a penance. Usually go jump in the river in the middle of the winter 
And hopefully you will find God there. The guys have told me they have. Jesus failed by all earthly means in his life. I don't think we appreciate that enough. Jesus' life on this earth, by all external measures of the Messiah, was a failure. And I think he did that very intentionally so that he could find us in the one place he knew that we would need him most in our own failures to live up to our perfections and other people's projections of what we should be. By all external measures, Christ's life was a fail. He did not convert multitudes. He didn't even convert his own people. He came to save the Jews. His own apostles betrayed him, denied him, abandoned him. He didn't solve world hunger. Right? He didn't take away wars. He didn't end human suffering. He never even had a wife. I guess that was one success that he was able to... <laughs> Coming from a celibate priest, all right? <laughs> By all external measures, Jesus Christ was a failure. Up to the final moment of his life before his death. And that became the fountain of all grace for us. When everything that we receive in this Mass, what you are going to enter into, from baptism, confirmation, and your first Holy Communion, all flows from that most pitiful failure of Jesus Christ on Calvary. When He breathed forth His last spirit, was pierced in the side by a lance, and outflowed blood and water. And that moment became the wellspring of our worship, the wellspring of our sacraments, and the very source of how we commune with the living God in his failure. St. John Chrysostom was a great bishop of the fourth century, preaching to catechumens, right? Preaching to you on the very night that many were coming into the church. That's what I love. That's my favorite thing about the Catholic Church. We can talk about what has been done since the very beginning of the apostles and is still being done now. Except their Easter services, their vigil, had to go from midnight all the way till dawn. Right? That went away, but I'm bringing it back tonight. So we're going <laughs> to see how far it goes. So St. John Chrysostom, he's talking to little people just like you right in this Mass. And he says, the Gospel records that when Christ was dead, but still hung on the cross. A soldier came and pierced his side with a lance, and immediately there poured out water and blood. Now the water was a symbol of baptism and the blood of the most holy Eucharist. From these two sacraments, the church is born. From that baptism, the cleansing water that gives rebirth and renewal through the Holy Spirit. And from the Holy Eucharist, it was from his side that Christ fashioned the church as he had fashioned Eve from the side of Adam. God took the rib when Adam was in a deep sleep. And in the same way, Christ gave us blood and water in his deep sleep of death to bring forth the church. That's the wellspring of our grace. 
our sin that pierced the God to the very heart and the sacraments of salvation that continue to flow for us even 2,000 years later right in this liturgy. And the graces that we receive from Christ are very, very much akin to those candles we bore. Why are candles so emphasized in this liturgy? The funny thing about candles is that they only really make sense in the dark. Right? And then 10 minutes ago, when all the lights were off, the candle in front of you captivated your attention. They illuminated it and made it so that we could read everything. And yet once you get all the lights on, it's almost you have to focus in to even see the flame. That's how the grace of God works in our life. Only those who are poor, only those who suffer, only those who know that they are sinners, that experience the night of life, can truly appreciate the light of Jesus Christ. The light that shines in the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So my one final hope for all of you who are to be baptized and confirmed and receive for the first time the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Stay in your sin. Remain a sinner. Be okay with being pathetic. Never seen Micah look so happy before. <laughs> do that. Never think that you deserve this. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Everything that you receive in this liturgy is a gift. It's a free gift. And the only great sin that what we must battle against, not just now, but for the rest of our life, is the sin of Judas. Judas refused the gift of Christ, who, as, as Scripture says, chose rather to go to his own place. The devil doesn't care if we set our, separate ourselves from Jesus Christ and his life and his mercy and his grace out of pride because we don't think that we need it or out of despair because we don't think that we're worthy of it. His only goal in our life before baptism and after baptism, before ordination and after ordination is to inspire us out of fear to go to our own place and cut ourselves off from the mercy of God to touch us in our lives. St. John Chrysostom concluded his reflection on the Eucharist saying, Do you understand then how Christ has united his bride to himself in what food he gives us all to eat? By one and the same food, we are both brought into being and nourished. As a woman nourishes her child with her own blood and milk, so does Jesus Christ unceasingly nourish with his own blood those to whom 
He himself gives life by the Holy Eucharist. And all you must do to receive that grace is look in faith upon the risen and slain Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world in the form of the most holy Eucharist and say with the assembly, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Amen.